0: Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. I am continuing our series called Under Construction. I I believe today is probably the last one. I believe. Yeah, right. Maybe. We'll soon start part 24 of Under Construction series. So be, be on the lookout for that. But uh, we are going to talk about it today. If you get your Bibles out, your sermon notes are there in your worship guide. If you'd like to follow along with those, or if you've got your U Version Bible app on your phone, more of a techie person, you can download the sermon notes and get those there. But let's open our Bibles this morning it's to Matthew chapter 16. Yeah. Yeah. Just excited about Jesus, excited about what He's doing. Man, been a great service already, great day already. Thankful for what God is doing in our midst. Anybody glad to be in church today? Yes. All right. Well, let's do it. Matthew chapter 16. We'll start reading in verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, well, some say John the Baptist and some Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said to them, but, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered said, you are the Christ. The son of the living God, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon bar for flesh and blood has definitely not revealed that to you. I'm inserting a little bit here, sorry. But my Father who is in heaven, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, And whatever you bind on earth will be what is bound in heaven. That's how it's translated literally. And whatever you loosed on earth will be whatever is already loosed in heaven. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I just welcome you to speak to us and through us. I pray for revelation of your word. I pray for power to be demonstrated through confirming signs afterward and during. God, thank you that you're moving in our midst, online, right here in the room. We give you all praise. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Somebody say big amen. Amen. All right, we've been talking about under construction, and it says here in verse 18, Jesus was replying to Peter, and he says... I will build my church. So it's Jesus' church first. we understand that? Okay, here's how it works. I ask questions and you respond. So there's like this participation thing I like to go on in a room. So, so it's like we understand it's Jesus' church, right? Yes. Yeah, that's good, good. You guys are quick learners. So he said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So he's building something that the kingdom of darkness can do nothing about. They can try, but they will not prevail. Not, it doesn't say they won't resist, it says they won't win. I'm here to tell somebody today that I know he's resisting, but he will not win. So he says, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will build my church. We talked about three ways in this series he's building the church, three parts to so it. One, he's building the church in you, talks about your ability. We all have individual abilities. Then he's building the church with you, in collaboration with you. It's about your availability. In other words, you take what I have and you make it available to God. What you have was given to you by God, and you and I have a decision whether we're going to make it available back to God. Did you catch that? It's a gift from God, but we decide whether we make it available to God. All right, so we're talking about availability. And then the third was about beyond you, bigger than you. It's about sustainability. So we talked about all three of these areas, and when Jesus was building the church, there's both an individual as well as collective idea. There's, when, we, when we say the church, there's the church, all of us here in the room or all of you watching online or the church global, but there's also when we talk about the church, we're talking about uh, you, specific, individual. There's an individual part. And I gave you this great graphic to kind of explain how God wants to build the church, And and it's how the individual members get plugged in, find their, their ability, what God has put in them and they get built up and strengthened in what's in them individually. In other words, you individually become a strong son or daughter of God. You grow in your relationship with him. And then you make that available and get together with other people in a body. Some people say you don't need the church. You can have a relationship with Jesus without outside the church. And I understand that you can have a relationship with Jesus without being in a church. But you can't impact what you need to impact outside of a church because the church needs you. So you make it available, and what happens? The body gets stronger because the members are stronger. And then the body that's stronger, now they're able, through more resources and more people serving, they're able to reach more individual members. And now those individual members come in, and then they get stronger, and they get plugged into the body, and the body grows even more, gets stronger, more resources. So it just keeps going and going. This is the idea of God wants to build, how God wants to build the church. So we talked about this, we talked about in you a couple of weeks ago about your ability, we talked about with you last week, we talked about how God wants to build with you and, and built you together, gave you three togethers that you're fit together, you're built together and you're knit together and this week we're going to talk about beyond you, talk about sustainability. So I want to zero in on this, how does God want to build the church beyond you? So I'm going to give you three parts to beyond you. Not because I'm always trying to come up with threes. It's just like it seems how it happens for me. I mean, if you teach and preach and you don't do three things, that's totally cool with me. I just got to be me. And what my, my goal is, is I just want to make it understandable. When, I, when God asked me to do this series one more week, I was like, God, I'm really kind of, I was going to move on. I, I had something. I even told him on Monday, I said, you know, we're, we're done with this series. We're moving on. I came back Tuesday and said, we're not done with this series. I've got one more, because I went back and I asked, actually asked God about it, and, and he had something else to say. And so he said, I want you to tell him three things about building beyond them, and this is very important that you get this today. Three words that he gave me, bigger, farther, and longer. Bigger, farther, and longer. How are we going to build the church beyond you? Let's look at the first one. Bigger, three keys, bigger. Here's what God said to me. We need to think Bigger. Because our God is bigger. When he says, I want to build the church beyond you, beyond me, he wants uh, wants us to start thinking bigger. Why do we need to think bigger? Not because we're bigger, but because he's bigger. He wants to challenge our thinking. What God is wanting to build in you and with you is bigger than you. And why is this important? Because it creates in us an innate need for God. When we think bigger than us, it creates a dependency on God. When we we think bigger than us, we need other people, then now we build relationships because we're not just doing what we can do ourselves. Bigger requires us to think beyond ourselves. And this is what he's wanting. He wants us to have that dependency on him. So here's the question I'll start out with. What are you currently praying for and believing for that seems impossible? Challenging us, challenging us to think bigger. What are you currently praying for and believing for that is impossible? What, what, when's the last time you prayed about something that was going to require supernatural intervention? I mean, no, no, no. I mean, like, it's going to require it. Here's, here's the God we serve Jeremiah 32 27 Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard? for me. He's asking you, is there anything too hard for him? He's wanting us to think bigger. Or how about Ephesians 3.20? Maybe you've heard of this. Now to him who's able, able to do what? Do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. This is the God we serve. He wants us to think bigger. Look at your neighbor and say, think bigger. He's wanting us to think bigger. If we're praying about things that we can do on our own, we're shooting too low. Sometimes, and I feel like this is what God was saying, sometimes we can get to the point where we think the ultimate goal is to establish ourselves to a place where we don't need God. Not we don't say that, we don't intentionally say that, but what we can do is we can begin to be satisfied that if I can just come to a certain level financially... Where now I can take care of myself, I've got my needs all met, I've got enough for me and my family. I'm doing I'm pretty good. Then we can just begin to settle into a place where we don't need God. We just need our paycheck. Maybe I need to talk to the camera. So there comes to a place, and again, we don't do it intentionally, but we just stop pressing for the miraculous. We stop going for the extra because we get satisfied with the ordinary. We get satisfied with, well, there's nothing wrong. Hey, I don't ask for much. I just want to be able to just get through life and and have a good day. And and how about believing for something supernatural? When's the last time we prayed for something that if God didn't move, we were in trouble? But here's the problem. Here's here's what I think he was kind of highlighting to me because he convicted me about it. He said, Chad, what's on your list right now that you're praying for and believing for that requires supernatural intervention? So I, you know, I gave him a couple things. And he said, no, 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 I'm not talking about those things. I'm not talking about the things that you would like to have happen. I'm talking about what are you grabbing hold of right now from me that requires only me? Well, I thought that's what I was doing. No, what I was doing was I was praying for these things. God, I'm believing you for these things that if they would happen. He said, no, no, no. I'm talking about, I want you to require something. Here's, here's the difference. I wrote this down because I think it makes sense. Facing things that are bigger than us is not always a sign that something is wrong, but it might be a, some, a sign of that something's actually right. Sometimes the need for a miracle can actually be confirmation that we've heard the voice of God. Sometimes, because we think I need a miracle, we we oftentimes think in the negative. God, I need a miracle. And it's desperate, right? And we have those. That's okay. But God's saying, what about asking for a miracle just because you're obeying what I ask you to do? What about why is miracle well, hey, what, what's going on? Well, I'll tell you what, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Most of the time, people don't say that in a positive light. I need a miracle. <laughs> yes, man, I need a miracle. Come on. Usually, we think miracle as desperation save me instead of miracle like ordinary relationship with God. He's supernatural. We're praying about things we can do. God, I just pray that you help me have a good day today. God, I just pray that I don't blow my top and lose my temper right now in Jesus' name. (laughs) I get praying for those things, but I'm just saying, what's on your list that you cannot do? You're like, I'm serious. I can't hold my temper, so I need God. (laughs) (laughs) That may be be the case, but God's just wanting us to think bigger. Think of it this way. When when, uh, one time Jesus sent the disciples across the sea in a boat, and The big storm's coming up, and Jesus starts walking on the water beside them. He catches up with them. They're over there rowing some distance off. It's the fourth watch of the night, so it's late at night. He comes walking on the water. And so the disciples over here, and they see this dude walking on the water, and the Bible says they were, in some translations, astounded. Some translations say troubled. (laughs) 2019 would be they were freaking out. I mean you see somebody walking in the water and there's like it's a ghost it's a ghost but then Jesus said hey do not be afraid be of good cheer it's like he's like an English accent maybe all of a sudden <laughs> be of good cheer it is I <laughs> so, so I'm like I can imagine if if you know, James Bond starts talking to me like that and says hey it's i but he said, so the disciples are like, what? This is crazy. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's got to be a ghost. And Peter, listen to what Peter did. Peter said, Shh, hang on, guys. Let me try something. Lord, if it's you, if, if, did you catch? He said, if it's you, if it's you, bid me to come out on the water. Listen to this, guys. Jesus, okay, I'll be your huckleberry. Come. You know he's like, okay. So Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking. Jesus asked him to come. It was a commandment. He was following the direction of God, and to obey that direction of God, it required a miracle. To do what Jesus told him to do is going to require a miracle. We're getting afraid of miracles. We should be embracing miracles. We should be expecting miracles. We got to think bigger. Why do we got to think bigger? Because our God is bigger. Just obeying the voice of God sometimes. He says, go big or go home. We have to think bigger. No matter what we're facing, we got to think bigger, but we got to realize our God is bigger. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says this. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That word greater is the Greek word megas. What does megas mean? The word mega, if you get a mega deal, that's a big deal. So what it's saying is you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them because why? Why have we overcome We have not overcome because we don't have big problems. We don't overcome because we have no big issues. We overcome because we have no issues that are bigger than our God. That's what he's saying. Hey, you have overcome them because he's bigger. He didn't say you're bigger. He didn't say I'm bigger. He said he's bigger. This is what we got to realize that no matter what we're facing in life, we've got a bigger God. We've got to think bigger because nothing we're facing is as big as him. He's bigger. I just come to encourage somebody that's facing a big situation, God's bigger. You're facing big depressing thoughts, big discouraging thoughts, big relationship challenges, big financial challenges. It doesn't matter what you face, God is bigger. There's been times all through scripture, the Bible is filled with times where people came up against something bigger, but God was still there with them. You could talk about Abraham, when Abraham and Sarah was promised a child at 90 plus years old, that's bigger. I didn't understand the extent of the miracle, maybe when I was younger. For 90 plus years, you get God coming to you and say, hey, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what Sarah did. She laughed. Why did she laugh? I don't know. Was she laughing because, I mean, maybe she thought, you know, okay, I understand you can do it with me, but have you seen Abe? It ain't It ain't happening. I don't know if she was laughing at herself, laughing about Abraham, or laughing about both, but she didn't believe it. It was bigger. It's bigger. It's almost impossible. What? Yes, it sounds like God. Now, we get familiar with these stories, and we don't remember the significance that God wants us to plug it into our life 2019, because to Moses and the children of Israel, the Red Sea was bigger. To David, Goliath was bigger. To Daniel, the lion's den was bigger. To Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the fiery furnace was bigger. So I'm not trying to tell you today that you're not ever going to face a fiery situation that's bigger than you. I'm just promising you, you're never going to face a fiery situation that's bigger than him. He's bigger. I don't know what you're facing today. You may be in the midst of something fiery, but look at your neighbor, encourage them and say, he's bigger. He's bigger, he's bigger, he's bigger. bigger. We serve a bigger God. He wants us to think bigger. He wants us to pray bigger. He wants to recognize that he is bigger. Now let's look at the second point. The second point, first he's going to build the church that's bigger. Next, next one, he's going to build it farther, farther. God wants to stretch us beyond our limits but not his. Isaiah 53 verse 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. This is something he's telling you, understood you subject here, grammatic application. You enlarge the place of your tent, but notice the next part, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Now, let me just get what stretch means. The word stretch means to spread an object or a person out to its full extent beyond what is comfortable. Here's what I didn't notice before, and I've talked about this many times, and I got excited about this and also discouraged about this all at the same time, because he says, enlarge the place of your tent, enlarge your dwelling. God wants to take us farther, so he's saying, Chet, I want you to enlarge where you live, enlarge your thinking, enlarge where you live, and let them stretch your curtains. Who does the stretching? Them. It's not you. I want would, to I would, I would, I would be in control of all my stretching. Don't you? We all want to be in control because the word stretch means to push beyond your level of comfort. And God specifically said in his word, when it comes to stretching, I'm going to put someone else in charge of your stretching. Why? Because he knows us. He knows how we love our comfort. He knows that if we're in charge of our borders, we're going to keep it right in a safe spot. But when he puts it in charge of others, and you get connected to other people, have other relationships, and now they're in charge of your stretching, all of a sudden now, people take you places you don't want to go. They bring you to feelings you don't want to have. I'm stretching you. This is why God's saying to you, I want you to go farther while you get plugged in with other people, because they're going to stretch you. You need to be in relationships with people. This is why you get on a team and serve. This is why you get in a connect group and be a part of that. Why? Because we help stretch one another. We help each other go farther. There's times when you're safe and you're secure in this part of your relationship with God. And say, okay, I'm comfortable right here. And someone comes along and just blows your mind and says, you know what? Let's go a little bit farther. You're like, no, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable right here. We need other people to stretch us. Other people's faith will stretch your faith. Other people's prayers can stretch your prayers. Other people stretch us. us notice what it says. And stretch out the currents of your dwelling. Dwellings, do not spare. Don't hold back. God's telling somebody right here. He said, I want you to come farther. I want to take you farther in your relationship. I want you to go beyond just Sunday morning attendance. I want to take you farther into a relationship with God. God's got more for you. He wants to do more in you, more through you. Will you go farther with him? It's an invitation. He said, listen, I've got more out there for you. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter 13. Lord is talking to Abram and he says, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Sometimes we can't see beyond where we are, so we don't allow God to stretch us farther. He said, Hey, sometimes we, all we can see is our current circumstances, our current situation, our current disappointment. All we can see is what's going on all around us. And God says, lift up your eyes and see beyond what's in front of you. Because as far as you can see, I will give to you. It doesn't say as far as God can see. It says, he's telling Abram, as far as you can see, I've given to you. So now we got to lift up our head and look beyond where we are and go farther. God's wanting you to take us farther, but we will never go farther than what we can see. As long as I can only see this is all my marriage is ever going to be. This is all my relationships are going to be. This is all my mind its always going to be. This is all my finances are going to be. All my health is going to be. Whatever, whatever it may be, this is all that I can see. I can't see anything else. This is all that's ever been there. Until I lift my eyes and look that God wants me to go farther. He has more for you. But you got to be able to see it. you got to see beyond where we are. And this is the invitation that he's given. Hey, let's go farther. Let's don't be stuck where we are. Let's don't be stuck with what we've always been comfortable with. Whenever Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, it says he dropped the disciples off. And he took Peter, James, and John and went a little a little further. I believe God's asking you and me, are you willing to go a little further? Are you comfortable where you are? I want to go farther than where I am right now. I want to go farther than what I've seen. I want to see more than what I've experienced. Rose Church, will you pursue God and go farther? Are we comfortable? No, let's stretch. Let's stretch for more. Why? Because he has more for you. He has more for your family. He has more for your Your own heart, he has more. But he said, you've got to see it. And if we can't get past what we see in the now, we'll never see farther. So one way he wants to build, he wants us to think bigger. Number two, he wants us to go farther. He wants to take us farther, but we've got to lift our eyes from the place where we are. Let's go to the third point, longer. He wants to build bigger because God is bigger. He wants you to think bigger. Number two, wants to go farther. Wants to stretch us. How many is comfortable being stretched? <laughs> How many of you ever tried to go back to exercising you haven't for a while and you went to stretch out? There we go. I'm stretching right now. You know, you're like just going to stretch. There we go. It's going past comfort zone. But the third part is really important. Third part is wants to go longer. This deals with spiritual stamina. Here's what God's wanting to build in the church: some spiritual stamina. The word stamina means in the Webster's dictionary the moral or emotional strength to continue with a difficult process. <laughs> Effort, etc., etc. etc. Anybody ever had any difficult processes? Here's what we're talking about in this point. God's willing to build something in us called staying power. Staying power. There's one thing to be excited in the beginning. There's one thing to jump in a ball of fire for Jesus in the beginning. It's one thing to still be doing it 30 years later. I'm talking about staying power. God's wanting to build something that goes beyond the emotion in us, beyond the hype, beyond the the event, and wants to build staying power that all by yourself, you're still burning with the fire of God. You're still serving God 20 years later, 30 years later, 70 years later. You're still serving Jesus. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11 says this, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. Everybody say same diligence. The same diligence to the full assurance that diligence means to be eager to do something, to accomplish something, to be zealous for, be excited about it. To the full assurance just means to be absolutely sure and certain and persuaded. So the full assurance of hope until the what? Until the, until the until the one more time until the until the end he says i want us all to show the same diligence the full assurance of hope we can all get excited about something in the beginning i've been i've been in church a while and i'll use church as an example you can use it in anything i I could use athletics i could use all kinds of i could use work I've seen people come into the workplace uh, in different careers, uh, different places I've been, come in, they're excited, day one, and I've seen people that's been there for several years, and they're like, I'm here, it's Monday. <laughs> it happens all the time. I see it in church. The people, you know, God, God can do something in their life, they get excited about Him, and they're fired up for Him, and, and you notice certain things. I don't want to call them out because I don't want to embarrass anybody and things, but you see certain trends. When you're up here and you're watching people, you see people. And they go from a certain state to a different state to a different state. And it's almost, it's, not a, it's nothing about anybody sitting in the back or the front. But sometimes you can actually see their progression move back in the room. And it's not because of, again, p- people sitting in the back are less spiritual or anything like that. But what I'm talking about is it's one thing to be excited about God in one season of my life. But it's one thing to endure the lack of feeling and still serve God. Because maturity comes when feelings don't lead me anymore. Immaturity is when feelings lead me. And I'm still dealing with immaturity. So just so you know, I'm still dealing with loads of immaturity. So pray for me in Jesus' name. (laughs) Right? But it's what he says here. Show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and (laughs) Let's try it together. Faith and patience. Don't we all want patience? We pray for patience. God, just give me an opportunity to grow in patience, said no one ever. (laughs) Right? Because we, we know what happens when we start praying and asking God to give us opportunity for patience. Usually when I get an educational moment to grow in the fruit, which is a fruit of the Spirit, when I get the opportunity to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, I fail miserably. And I recognize it in the moment. I recognize that, oh, wow, that's something significant. That's, that's an opportunity for me to grow in patience. That's an opportunity for me to walk in love. And that's an opportunity for me to not let this bother me. <laughs> yeah, that's an opportunity that just flew by because I got mad. <laughs> but I was, I was praying this week about something, and I don't want this to sound intimidating or super spiritual, so hear me. When I, when I say this, I... I was, I was in prayer, I was praying, and I felt like God spoke something to me. But some people, when you hear that, you get intimidated because you think God does never speak to you. you like if someone would say, well, the Lord showed me in prayer, you're like, I get so sick of hearing that. God never speaks to me. I'm going to encourage you. God is speaking to you all the time. He's talking to you all the time. He wants to talk to you more than you want to hear from him. There's things you don't want to hear. You're like, lah, 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 I can't hear that. I can't hear that. He's talking all the time, so don't be intimidated by this. I'm just sharing that, God, I was praying about something, and I started having these thoughts, okay? It wasn't an audible voice. I just started having these thoughts, and here's the thoughts that started coming to me. I said, Chad, I want want you to start walking in the power of my love. Sounds generic. Sounds basic. I'm like, okay, check. Heard that, right? You know, move on. It's like, no, no, I want you to walk in power. And to walk in power requires for you to walk in my love. Because like, I was praying about a certain situation. And, uh, and he said, what's happening is you are, you are, uh, I'm just trying to think how the thoughts came. But I was in, I was subservient to that situation because I wasn't walking in a place of, of love. The place of love is a place of proactivity. A place of love means I'm not controlled by you. I do what he tells me to do a place of love. When I walk in love, I walk in a place where I go further beyond my feelings, further beyond emotions, and now I'm internally driven and not externally reactive. So now in a place of power, I don't let other people control what I do. If I'm in that place, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there. So please keep praying for me. But I say in that place of power, I choose what I'm going to do in a situation. I don't wait and see. Place of love, and this is what God wants to take us farther in our relationship. So you can understand that I can endure longer when I'm operating from an internal motivation. Because he says in verse 15 of Hope, of Hebrews chapter six, "And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Patiently endured." How I many knows there are some things that we're going to have to endure? Here's the part of Christianity. Point three is one that we don't like to talk about. Some things are going to take longer. We don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about the suddenly season. Like throw up for my suddenly and suddenly, God, praise you. God, bam, I pray, bam, it happens. I don't know why I'm jerking, but it just seems to happen. It's like, thank you, Lord. I want things to happen fast. Microwave, I want to pray about them. Man, two, three days, resurrect from the dead. I'll wait three days after that. <laughs> something wrong. But God saying, I want to build something in you called sustainability. Staying power. That you're not moved by feeling. You're not moved by waves of the Spirit, of waves of other people. You're not moved by that. You're moved by this. You're moved by the promises of God. If it takes longer, it takes longer. But I'm trusting Him. If it takes a little longer, I'm still in it. I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm, st- I'm committed to this for the long haul. Patiently endured, I'm going to obtain the promises. I'm going to obtain them. Not because I'm trying to get them quick. I'm going to get them because He's promised me. He's saying, I want you to be able to go longer. Anybody American Ninja Warrior fans? Hello? American Ninja Warrior fans. There's a lot more in the first service, but that's all right. American Ninja Warrior, and you know, I watch this show, and, and I don't, I'm, I'm doing something here. When well, you catch yourself sometimes, you're like, you know, guys, anyway, you know, they grab hold of stuff, and they're like swinging and hanging on to stuff, and they got, these men and women have incredible grip strength, and they can just hang on to little ledges and these bars and swing and pull themselves up, and they're hanging there, and sometimes you can see them and their fingers are starting to let go of the bar and right before they maybe fall in the water and maybe they swing and they hang on. But I feel like this is some people in situations that you're like this, you're barely hanging on. And God is saying to you, hang on a little longer. God's wanting to put staying power in us, not fleeting emotional power, but I'm talking about sustainability that you can just endure endure weeping may endure for the night but joy is coming in my morning i know there's going to be times that i'm going to endure hardships but the bible says to endure hardships as a good soldier i don't want hardships any more than you do i'm just saying when the when the hardships come we don't quit Look what galatians says i'll quit with this one and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season We shall reap, we shall reap, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I'm going to encourage somebody, don't lose heart. Don't quit believing God for your situation. You may have to wait a little bit longer, but that doesn't mean it's not going to come. In the church, we need to realize God's building us in these three ways. It's beyond you. It's beyond me. Number one, he wants you to start thinking bigger. Rose Church I believe God wants you to start praying bigger. Start praying miraculous prayers. Like unbelievable prayers. Like God, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going out further with you. I'm stepping out of my comfortable boat and I'm going after something more. And if I step out here on this thing and if you're not there, I'm gonna sink. He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes we pray and we're like, God, Okay, I've done all I can do. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I, 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 I need a miracle. And I believe Jesus is like, yes, it's my turn. It's my turn. He wants to lead us into a miraculous situation, and we try to avoid it. We try to stay comfortable. God wants us to live uncomfortable. Uncomfortable put ourselves in a risky position where if God doesn't come through it's going to fall flat on its face think bigger will you come farther will you will you accept the invitation today to come farther not everybody will not everybody will I was talking to an individual recently and I were in, a, in a situation I said hey are you willing to leave them behind and go farther even if they don't want to go Because you can decide, are you going to go further or are you going to be caught in the bondage that they're willing to stay in? You can go further, but you have to choose to obey God. Only you can decide that. I encourage you to hang on longer. You're like, Chad, I've been hanging on a long time. I get it. There's some things on my list that have been there a long time. Long time. But I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to stop praying for them. Not because I'm better, because he's bigger. I believe he's bigger. I believe he's bigger than what I'm facing. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.